So it's your first day? Yep, first day. Have you been preparing for this for how long? I think all my life. Since, very, since a very young age. And here we are, we're at my fake apartment, reliving things that may or may not have happened in my life. <laughs> have you made a film before? Um, no, no, I've never made a feature film. and. Uh, but I'm uh, surrounded by all these competent people who can't mess it up. Yeah, it's weird. You're the least experienced person in the crew. That's right, yeah. I like it. It's nice. I think Mike and I had always wanted to do a film. Um, that's sort of, you know, we came, we went through the same screenwriting program at Georgetown University, and our first love was always film, and I think, you know, Mike, went sort of through the, the comedy world, but his end goal was always to write and direct and star in a film. Um, and so once he wrote something, um, his play in 2008, Sleepwalk With Me, I think he, he knew that, well, now I've made something that we can put on the screen, and, and here we are three years later making it happen. So we just shot the first the living room space, thing please. The living room space. of the day, which is the end of the movie. We shot that. No. Rehearsals next, everybody. Rehearsals next. You're seeing a scene with me and Lauren and Jim and Carol eating dinner at my apartment. You know, Matthew, you say you're going to go see the doctor. You don't. You say you want to be a comedian. You're a bartender. I mean, pick a goddamn plan and stick with it. He's, he's kidding, but he's not as funny as you. So, so this film was um, a, a script that we started working on probably about two or three years ago. It was during the, when the one-man show was was off Broadway. And around that time, Ira and I started talking about, like, well, what if, what if this is a film? And what would that feel like? What would that be, be like? We've done many, many, many readings. I've been to, like, five readings of this in Mike's apartment. We did a reading that Sundance uh, did in front of a huge audience. Uh, and this is the first time the cast is going to read uh, the script together, so it's uh, it's pretty exciting to see. You know, Ira obviously is uh, you know a story guru. He's a story samurai. He's a story ninja. Um, he's uh, you know there's probably no one better uh, at understanding story and how to tell it, tell story uh, in the best way. Uh, I brought on Seth Barish, who directed my one-man shows, to be a co-director. Partly because I was really concerned about my own performance. What we knew is that Mike was going to be uh, acting in this like every second, and he needed somebody that he felt good about artistically uh, to keep an eye on the performance and watch the camera frames and stuff when he can't. I knew that there were so many moving parts of the film that I felt like I could direct it, but that. It, if, if my own performance got away from me and in one scene isn't right there and it isn't precise, it, then we'd be in trouble and then I would be, I would be in trouble <laughs> because it's my movie. How long has this uh, sleepwalking been going on? I don't think it's that serious. You know, it's only happened once. Mm -hmm. Probably just a fluke. Something to keep an eye on. I think the script, um, as tight as it was, Mike knew that the uh, the real strength in the script was in the power that would be unleashed from collaboration. 
And because of that, he's encouraged all of us to uh, ask questions, to add lines, to subtract lines, to improvise, to come up with new ideas. As a director and as a scene partner, I mean, I have a very small part, but you know, he's incredibly giving and very, um, he's all you want in a director. He, he lets you play around, but he also has a very clear spine for you to work from, so he's great. And he reminded me of several great directors I've worked with in that they get very, very careful about the casting. Then once they have made their choices, they put most of their energy into being supportive of the people that they have picked and making the people they have picked feel good and feel good about owning the character, which is a giant secret trick of a great director. How long have you and Abby been together? Eight years. Eight years. I don't remember being Ooh. so long. <laughs> that's silly, that's ridiculous. Once you put it on screen and once you cast other actors, once you have other people embody, like literally embodying these characters, it brings it to life in a way that, you know, a one-man show never could. So, and when you have different sets and all this, you know, all these set designers and costume designers, I mean, it's a whole world, it's a whole army of people making his world come to life. You know, it's hard because this is Mike's first movie and and he's done, and, and not just first movie as a director, but he's like, he's acting it, he's writing it, he's directing it, he's producing it. And so he's wearing all of these hats and, you know, it's been, it's been great because he's been able to really shine in all of those areas because of the people around him. It's tough because usually you're throwing so much stuff at a director because the director has like, is this, is the hat blue? Is like, are the walls white? You know, it's just like, what are they wearing? Where are they going? Like, what are we doing for this shot? Plus, it also doesn't help that he's also a producer on the movie, so I'm going, you know, I have to consult him on various other things. And so throwing all this stuff on somebody who then has to, like, turn that switch off and get in front of a camera and be their character, Mike did it effortlessly. Are we okay? Something wrong? I was just on the train. I was just like, the train stood up and I was like, how do we do this? And I was just like, oh, the guy's doing this. <laughs> See, seriously, on radio, you really never have to do that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Can we? Okay, let's do it. Just let's really double time it. Thank you. Every movie has precarious things that they're dealing with. We've had extra, we've had days with with uh, 50 extras coming to set and they all need to get dressed and attend a wedding. We've had days where we have babies on set who will not stop crying at all during a scene and we can't shoot. We've had days where there was an earthquake in New York City and we all had to leave the house and stop filming. We've had days where we shut down filming because there was a hurricane. Oh, wow. It's like watching death slowly approach you. It's always something. There's all, like every scene is simple. Like there can be a very simple romantic scene. There's not even dialogue in the scene we're about to shoot. And yet we're gonna set up for three and a half hours. It's gonna be about eight seconds in the movie as we push in 
to a couple talking on a bench. We don't even hear what they're saying. I've already spent a good hour and a half to two hours scouting and discussing this. So maybe six to eight hours of my life will be devoted to that eight seconds of film, which probably, if this makes it into the DVD extras, will be shown right now. Uh, the problem that we just figured out, uh, our AD and our director, Seth, our co-director, Seth, um, are trying to figure out what to do because it looks like the, all the physical action they've blocked for this scene uh, with Lauren is going to rip up a dress that she's going to have to wear in like five other scenes. There's only one dress. So if um, that happens, then we don't know what's going to happen. We didn't know that the wardrobe for that was going to be a one-of-a-kind, like, thousand-dollar dress. One-of-a-kind. Custom-made. Doesn't exist again. It was not scripted to be a fight scene. Like, it was scripted that she went into the bedroom and closed the door and he couldn't get in. And then with this layout, they switched it to him stopping her from packing her suitcase, but it was never discussed with us that it was gonna be like a full-on drag her across the floor fight scene. So it was very problematic when we said to Kira, uh, we're gonna drag her across the floor. She was like, uh, no, you're not gonna drag her across the floor, that's crazy. And we said, no, but actually we are. And then we, I think we just had like one take. Of, you know, we basically had to try to get our best take in. Unfortunately, they're dressed in gray. Can I make a joke? Yeah, it's a dress rehearsal. Oh God, everybody. Oh God. <laughs> Keep your day job. Oh wait, you're kidding me. I think I got a standing ovation. I don't see anyone sitting. This isn't, no, we're not doing this. No, it's not, we're not doing it. We're not doing it. We're not doing it. We're not doing it. Yes. What are you doing, Stop it, give me that. We're not doing this. What are you, let's go. So um, I cut my finger in the take, and that's there it is. And that's uh, I don't mean I don't mean anything by that, but this is. This is where it is. Okay, cool. So wait a minute. That actually looks really nasty. It is. It hurts what, a lot. How, how did you do that? I don't get it. Oh, um, I don't know. After the take, Lauren and I were both bleeding, and I don't know how it happened. Bryce is going to be Mike's uh, stunt double today. Yeah, it should be, be fun. Yeah. We're going to work together with Mike and Seth to uh, make the scene look exactly how they would like it to look, and uh, as safely as possible. We always do like for the actor to be able to do as much as they can, just because it looks better on film. And then uh, we supplement with our stunt double here for the hard stuff. Yeah, he does the hard stuff. Here we go, guys. Lock it up, please. And. Action. My interest in this story is, is manifold, I think. First of all, at its root, it comes, it's real. Uh, Mike, in fact, has a life-threatening sleepwalking disorder that uh, very nearly took his life and uh, it's a great story to tell. What's interesting is, Kim, if you can see over here, the fake scars are next to the real scars. <laughs> those oh are the, those are the real scars, these are the fake scars. Pretty good match. It's also just wonderfully funny, and uh, I just appreciate Mike's sense of humor so much, and that, you know, those two things together, are, that's a good combination. I'm in a flashback, which is why I have 
fake hair glued to my head and the rest of my hair dyed. And I'm shaving because I have to shave like two or three times per day for this movie. And uh, so this, this is one of the final times I'll be shaving. And it's very classy. I shave with um, paper towels. I clean up with paper towels, which really makes me feel at home. Yeah, I mean, directing a film is hard. It's, it's very hard. You know, the, I would say the analogy is like, directing a film for the first time, it's, it's like if you showed up for the field trip in middle school and you walked in the bus and you go, hey everybody, so I'm driving the bus. And I was like, what? You're driving the bus? You don't know how to drive a bus. You're like, I know I don't know how to drive a bus, but I've seen people drive the bus. I've been watching the bus driver very closely. I've been observing other bus rides for years. I've been taking notes, I've kept a log, and I have some very strong ideas about how one should drive this. And uh, for some people that's not enough. <laughs> Understandably so. For <laughs> some people that's crazy. But then, but then some people really come along and they go, all right, I'll ride on the bus. Uh, and uh, then for the most part, I mean, that, that's sort of, pretty much everyone got on the bus. What do they say in the movie? It's a rub or it's a... What's the phrase? It's a wrap. No, it's not it's a wrap yet. It's far from a wrap.